Welcome to Top 5's The Show of Everything. Top 5's presented by The Sex Effects. I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. And uh, folks, we just have a, a, a literary and um, a, a, a subterranean type of show for you <laughs> this evening. Um, I... But before we get to making up more words, Jonathan, how are you doing today, sir? <laughs> I love those words. It, it, it almost foreshadows some of the stuff we might be talking about. I, I try. In some way. <laughs> but uh, I'm good, Joe. Just, uh, man, it's like the end of May and we're entering June. The summer is upon us. It doesn't feel like summer for some reason. No. Um, over here in L.A., it's just like weirdly cold and overcast and foggy and gloomy. It's so weird. Um, We've been getting the same one, right? And I, I love it. I'm yeah, so I, excited. That's probably um, my favorite weather. Um, the wind has been killer, though. I hate wind. Yeah. Chilly. Yeah. Um, Strikes but, the spinal cord. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay, man. Just just uh, riding through the week and excited to podcast. And I feel like we're going to have some... This summer is going to be great for, for podcasting. For top fives, I feel like we're gonna have some really fun top five lists this summer for you guys. So I think so too. Super stoked, uh, Joey. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Um, just uh, very excited, you know. Of course, to be doing the show um, and getting to some lists. Um, shout out to my wife who just got a promotion uh, yeah. yesterday. Uh, so I'm officially gonna be having a uh, sugar mama. So I'm very excited about that. So thank you, wife. Um, for supporting me financially. Um, so <laughs> I'm very excited. Um, and I'm excited uh, just to be doing the show. It's It's been a kind of a slow but leisurely but restless kind of week, if I can say that. And it's always nice to turn the brain, focus it more towards lists and pop culture and that sort of thing. So I'm excited. Yes, sir. I think we're going to get into some good stuff tonight. Yeah. I, uh, I have an interesting list for you, actually, tonight. So. Well, you know what? You want to kick that off? Because I'm, I'm anxious to hear it. Okay. Joey. All right. Um, there's going to be kind of two little things pre- like prefaced under this. Um, All right. Joey, what are your top five favorite movie props? Ooh, and I these, love that. And think about it if these props were even real. Like oh that, my god! Yeah, if you can have those like on a mantelpiece in dis- on display in your man cave. <laughs> All right. What Number one would have? be a lightsaber. Like yeah. if I could, if I could have a lightsaber, dude. Which and one? Not only. Probably Ben Kenobi. Honestly, a New Hope. He's been my favorite. But um, or or Return of the Jedi, the green saber. But oh yeah, I wouldn't just want to be the only one with a lightsaber. I'd want like you to have a lightsaber. I'd want to have fights. I'd want to like duel. <laughs> um, so if, if we could work that out and also like, I feel like if I had a lightsaber, I could defeat pretty much anything as long as it didn't come from the prequels or the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, any, any obstacle I came across, there's a lightsaber. Wall. Heat it up, man. Like, <laughs> you know, go for it. <laughs> um, excellent. Lightsaber. Number two, Indy's hat. Ooh. Um, would you do a, would you do a hat whip combo? Um, I would actually. I do hat leather jacket combo. Is probably Ooh. what I would do. A bomber jacket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to just pick one, it'd be his hat overall. Um, God, this is a good one, Shawnee. Shit. <laughs> um, ooh, I'd want the Batman '89 cowl. Oh, the, the cowl. The itself. Keaton cowl. Yeah. With the extra winged bat symbol. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, the bat cowl. Ooh. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> ooh, ooh. I'm going to choose a Batmobile right now. Oh. I'm, trying, <laughs> I'm trying to decide. This is, think about it. You could drive this Batmobile. You can. If <laughs> you Oh, you know what? You know what? Let's let's see. Let's halt the Batmobile talk. 
This Batmobile will be fun, but it's not practical. And while this next car isn't super practical, it's still within the realm of the real world. And that is James Bond's Aston Martin. Yeah. What is that? The V6? The the one with all the gadgets that shoot out of it and stuff? The one, yeah, that he gets in Skyfall. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the ejectors. I mean, it's from Goldfinger, but... Yeah. Yeah. But it can, like... Uh, it can like become a submarine or like it can travel yeah. underwater and totally like that's awesome. I would do that. Um, I would use those gadgets every day because it's like, it's the Batmobile, but it's like, if you're driving the Batmobile, you've got to be in the Batman costume. And I guess if I did have the bat cowl, I could pull that off, but I didn't say that I wanted the entire bat suit. So I couldn't really pull that off unless I had a homemade one. Just, it wouldn't look as good <laughs> with the Aston Martin. All I got to do is dress up in a suit. And I and and I can just look flashy. Drive around, you know. I gotta drive in a that's a good uh, neighborhood, but that's a good observation on that because yeah, you ha- it's like you got to be Batman to drive it. Exactly. It's kind of like uh, f- oh, was it Batman and Robin where like uh, Robin takes the like before he suits up, he takes the Batmobile out. Yeah. Was it Batman that, and Robin? That was Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah. yeah. And he takes it out, and it's just like it looks. Even though he's becoming the like he's gonna become the Robin character, like it looks so out of place because it's only weird. Batman can drive that car. Yeah, or uh, Commissioner Gordon, I guess. <laughs> that's true. If he drives stick, um, <laughs> this is a good, good one. And I'm just like, let's see. So what am I? Ooh. All right. From my number one favorite movie of all time, Ooh. the Chainsaw Hand from Evil Dead Two. Yes, Ash's Chainsaw, <laughs> um, and or the hand, his own hand, his his severed hand that he fights. <laughs> awesome in the cabin. <laughs> but yeah, so the Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness, Chainsaw. That Dude. Would, that's it. That's my number five. So lightsaber, Indy's hat, the 89 bat cowl, the Aston Martin and Ash's chainsaw are my top five favorite movie props. Shawnee. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> top five, sir. What are your top five? Um, props. This took me a, a while. I did. I did get a lightsaber on there. Um, I actually just put lightsaber cause I did. I wasn't really sure if we would go into different details on it. I gotta say Ben Kenobi's, uh, Lightsaber, I guess Anakin's lightsaber, original lightsaber, uh, definitely tops that one. Um, okay. That looks like it's on my list currently. It's number. It's kind of number two, two. Yeah. And so I'm gonna go up the list. Uh, three. I've got the ba- uh, Back to the Future hoverboard. Oh, nice. Like it would legit work if I if I owned it and had it <laughs> stowed away, <laughs> um, and it's just such a cool like kind of uh, design looking designed uh, kind of skate like skateboard yeah. slash hoverboard, and it's weird because it's like so reminiscent like the colors it's almost like very reminiscent of the uh, '80s kind of yeah, style very much and even though the movie is presented in like you know this kind of time period in the future. Um, so yeah, that's my number three. Number four, I have, I have the Tim Burton Batmobile on there too. Nice, nice. Uh, but I do agree with you on the uh, you got to be Batman to to drive that car. So if I was gonna pick another vehicle, going back to Back to the Future, I freaking love the DeLorean all souped out in its time machine glory. Uh, the flux capacitor, the f- folding doors and everything <laughs> and yeah and then the flames that it shoots when you go 88 miles per hour so Absolutely. that's definitely on the top of my list and uh, i got num- for number five i've got uh one of my favorite series harry potter there is um i forgot which movie it is i think it's the third movie prisoner of azkaban could be I wrong i believe that is the third one Yes, it is the uh, Hermione's time turner, which is Ooh. this uh, kind of object that it kind of looks like a, a stopwatch almost. But what it does is it, it allows one of the characters, Hermione, to travel back in time to take extra classes for extra credit. So that's how she's able to juggle her classes throughout her school year at, in the Wizarding World of uh, Harry Potter. So nice. um, 
yeah, if I had one of those, I'd be using it all the time to finish tasks. And, and also maybe just like Hermione Granger, use them to learn new things and, and uh, yeah, expand my knowledge. Right. On. So that's number five. And then this goes back to my number one, which is another Star Wars. Uh, oh, man. Now I'm thinking about vehicles again. I'm like, shit. We could do a top five on Star Wars vehicles. We could. That would but be a this, fun one. Yeah. <laughs> but this number one is a, it's a, a number one, it's a, it's a Star Wars uh, weapon as well. And oh. it is Han Solo's pistol. His nice. iconic pistol, dude. Very so, nice. Yeah, that's, that's my list. A couple weapons on there and some things to kind of travel, which I think is really cool. And I feel like usually those types of props and items are found in movies, especially like kind of action movies and some with like a journey that uh, that goes in place. Like you have like a vehicle to take you there or you have a weapon to defend yourself or protect you through your, through the character's journey throughout the film. Yeah. So there's like all these kind of uh, props do serve very important purposes in the, in the movie. And sometimes it really actually attaches to the character and really tells you something about them. Um, What about, Han's pistol jumps out at you and makes it number one. Like it's, it's a fucking cool choice. I'm just curious. Like, what do you love specifically about it? I think with it, it's very attached to the character of Han Solo. And as like a gunslinger, it just, it reminds me of like my, like I like Western films and like the being wanting to be like a cowboy when I was a kid, you know, like that kind of thing, like that fantasy of like, uh, of living that. And I always see like Hansel as like the, like kind of that, that eras or that, um, pocket of the universe of star Wars. Like, you know, he is the scoundrel. He is the, the sharpshooter, you know, the cool guy. And, um, I don't know. It's just a very unique pistol. And I guess over the years, you know, like seeing the films and then playing the games and like really getting to see that, I guess that weapon in use, and it's just super cool. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'm I'm giving it because of the cool factor. But I gotta say, lightsabers are also pretty dope. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It it is very tough to to tell. So we have to we'll have to figure it out. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you just <laughs> Joey just uh, left the screen for a second. I think I think my theory is he killed a, a insect or a bug. <laughs> yeah, as you were talking, a spider slowly oh down God, from the ceiling. <laughs> so I had to had to greet him when he landed because uh, can't be having that in my new studio here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, uh, I agree with you about Han Solo and the you know what's great about his pistol too is is like in silhouette you can still make out the pistol strapped to his leg because it's it's not yes. strapped like a normal kind of gun you know it's very specific to han solo and yeah that, it's very yeah. connected to that character and you're right man that like immediately you recognize like if that figure has that specific gun or that shape it's han solo yeah and and then of course the classic the way his holster and the way it, you know it's very it really plays on like westerns and like that type of like kind of um you know that uh what's the, <laughs> what i'm trying to say kind of not like not the gunslinger but also kind of the the mysterious you know there's the always rogue. a mysterious the rogue yeah there's always this kind of mysterious thing about han solo um, and even in light of the recent film, which I got to see, uh, I think Joey hasn't seen it yet, so I don't want to say, mention anything on the podcast yes, yet. Please, no spoilers. I'll try to see it. Uh, no spoilers. Before we talk but, next week. Um, yeah, it, it definitely, it definitely uh, really brings that character um, together, and um, that's what how we feel like westerns and and that connection to it. So, right on. Yes. Very good, Shauna. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, you ready for another top five? Hit me with it, dude. All top right, five right. it up. <laughs> All right. So um, how did I get to this one? Shawnee, what are your top five? How, how do I phrase this? If you could, what are the top five books you would like to see turned into a TV series? Ooh, damn. That's really... That's really crazy. Right. TV series. I mean, it could be movies too, but I just feel like 
a TV series, when I started thinking about this list and started like jotting down, like, oh, I'd like to see that, I'd like to see that, it's like, well, actually, I'd prefer it as a TV series to actually give it the time it, to breathe and to breathe kind of let yeah. the characters develop and all that kind of stuff. So, as much as I love movies, um, I I tend to think, especially novels and books and things like that, yeah. because they're bigger and more robust. You know, usually a mini series or a complete series would be a better way to go. Like I think, you know, the the Batman movies I love, and I don't want them to stop making Batman movies, but he would work better as a character because of the serial nature of the storytelling as yes, a yeah. TV show, you know, like as a that's, procedural type of thing. Wow. That's super interesting, man. Um, I mean, in light of, I guess the, my, the last top five I had, uh, the Harry Potter series, like I know right they're on. trying to do the films and kind of branch them off to, and it, that's, what's great is that world is so big. Um, just like how they're doing like Disney with Marvel and, and that universe and, the, and there's so many, there's so much um, resources and kind of lore behind all of the stories. And so Harry Potter, like I wouldn't mind seeing like a serialized Harry Potter series that's based off different characters, obviously from the original um, set of characters. Um, but I think if you have a TV show with that, I think you would be, you know, it's really tough to, break away from the kind of original films and the original books and those characters like uh, I know there's a lot of the huge fandom behind those characters so like if you saw in a television series we can at least see and develop uh, characters that are presented to us and I feel like we would invest more time into them and then eventually like if we see them in a film or see them appear in a film we would have that kind of connection Um, I just felt like the Fantastic Beast, and I think they're going to do a second one. Yeah. Um, it, it was all right, but I think in a movie, it was so self-contained that, like, I kind of wish that I spent more time with each of these characters to kind of see, like, where they would go and how they would develop and, like, who they are going into the film. So, um, that would be, and I think, why not? Like, I feel like Harry Potter's still, like, so big in the, it's still so popular in, in, in the culture, so, like, why not yeah. do a television show? Um... So that's, I don't know. I don't know where that lies on my list, but that's one that I can think of. Right on. Um, I'm trying to think of like, it's like some books are like, I don't even. Well, it doesn't even have to be fiction. It could be like if you read like a great bi- biography or, you know, something like that. Oh, you know? that's very interesting. Um, man. You know, it's kind of crazy to say this, but I know we've been counting down the Beatles, but I'd be interested to see like a Beatles. Hell yeah. And I, you know, I know there's probably a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, books and and text on the Beatles and, and, you know, describing their music career and and how, and especially their own biographies too. Yeah. Um, But that would be very interesting to see that um, kind of a culmination of different, uh, experiences and uh, encounters that they all had, and it's cool because we've seen the like, there's a lot of Beatles uh, that we can listen to, and a lot of live footage that we've seen of them. You know, especially for its time, like that's great that we have that. Um, I don't know if I can find a casting like confidently enough Ooh, for that yet, because that is you know a pretty tough choice for playing the Beatles, but. Um, I'd say Taylor I think Lautner for Paul McCartney. Yeah, no, dude, <laughs> I could kind of see that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Paul Rudd and Jack Black and <laughs> Justin Long. <laughs> just I'm trying just ki- to get some old songs on the album, you know, <laughs> one with a guitar. You know what? Quiet Fuck it. I, I would like to see a television show with those guys <laughs> actually playing the Beatles. That would be awesome. But I would say a serious kind of like, definitely like a kind of biographical take on that and their journey like it's great because we keep saying on the show like their their um span of like when they were creating the their music it only spanned only a couple years in the 60s so uh it'd be great to kind of go through those different eras and maybe like each season would be like their you know obviously a different tone and different vibe for like the record and the music they're making and the experiences they're having so I think it would kind of work well also to like maybe each season concentrates on the making of that certain record. Oh, that'd be so sick. So that'd be, that'd be so sick. That'd be super cool. I, I just, I know that's such a, that's definitely a, uh, 
I would say a difficult difficult one to put together. But if it if with the right people behind it and the right Dude. team behind it, you know, it would be perfect because they recorded their first album, "Please Please Me." What in one fucking day? You could have that entire first season be like how they met, playing in Hamburg, like, oh, and then yeah. the the last episode or the penultimate episode is them in the studio that one night with George Martin busting out "Please Please Me," and then you know the cliffhanger for the season finale is like the cusp of Beatlemania and all that kind of thing. And then, wow, yeah. That could be holy sick. shit. Why is it, man? We're coming up with some good ideas, yeah. Joey. <laughs> Hello, Hollywood. Um, Hello, Hollywood. Yes, <laughs> an idea for you, see. Um, <laughs> so that's that's one. I think I can think of immediately when you said, "Oh yeah, like biographies and like." I was thinking music. Like I, I always feel like it, it, some shows work well with with you know with music, especially you have the soundtrack there too. So I think that would be really cool. Um, shit, this is, uh, this is kind of, man. Um, <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just, I'm trying to think of like, cause when I read books, I, I always envision like how it would possibly work as a movie usually. So, um, as a show, whew. you can do movies too. If it's, if, if it'll help narrow it down, <laughs> um, I mean, the because the list did start as what how what what books would you turn into a movie if you could? But then I was like, oh shit, like you know, so it can be either oh, or, man. either oh, or. Dude. Um, well, I don't know why I keep thinking music, but could be because you're a musician. I don't know though. That's just yeah. shot in the dark. Well, uh, I always keep like I feel like um, there's still a big following for like someone like David Bowie Ooh. and uh, my dad is still a huge fan of him and, and I, I admire his music too and um, I, seem, I feel like he's been such an influential kind of like influential figure in, in music and uh, he has this such an iconic look to him and the way he expressed himself especially being uh, a gay man and being able to you know express himself through music and have that kind of um that, that mindset uh, to be able to not be afraid of like what he says in his music. Right. So um, based off of just the, um, I mean, again, that kind of pulls from probably multiple books uh, and encounters that he has with him, but it'd be really sure. cool to see his, his career too, as well. Kind Did of go you ever back see a uh, vinyl on HBO? Do you ever watch that? I watched a little bit. I think there was an appearance from yeah. Bowie in it, right? And they I don't had know other who the actor was, but they were dead on. They looked just like you know the Rebel Rebel. Yeah. Bowie. Um, and that's why I kind of like that's. I th- I think maybe that's why I keep thinking of that. Sh- Actually, I think I was thinking of that show. Um, for this kind of musical, like, it it could send around, like, like not the Beatles or, you know, maybe not Bowie himself, but maybe it could be like the other. Like other creatives around them, right? You know, like, um, like George Martin. You know, it could be a show maybe just based around him. <sighs> That'd be, and then the dope. Beatles around him, which it would be very, very interesting because you know you would think the focus would be on the Beatles or the focus would be on Bowie or something like that. But that actually be much smarter because then you have a, an audience surrogate, and you know, especially George Martin, like he's the straight man. He's not doing any drugs. He's trying to corral these four crazy kids. Like, yeah, that would be good, man. That's That'd kind of really cool. cool. Yeah, I, I'd be way, way interested in that because it just sounds like you. There's stuff that you may not know, and it's like, who is this this character, and how, you know, how do they how do they re- relate and connect with the the person that you're familiar with, and then you kind of have a newfound kind of like appreciation for them. So totally. Um, now I'm thinking. Uh, I know Jurassic Park's already been turned into a movie, but. <laughs> I'm not I mean, really that, digging. That wouldn't be too bad as a TV series. As a te- yeah, as a television show, that'd be cool. I, I think, I think they gotta re not reinvent the wheel, but they gotta like, I think take it from a different kind of angle on this one because I feel like, the, you know, the last couple movies have been they're all right. They're just th- you know blockbuster thrillers though. Yeah, they're, they're not, not much as engaging. So I, if they can find a way to break that into 
a, a, a story and, and maybe get back to kind of the kind of the horrors of like fucking dinosaurs being alive again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was afraid in the first uh, Jurassic Park movie that that whole scene when they're in the kitchen, the raptors are crawling around and stealthing around, and you don't know wh- if you made one noise, they would the character would be you know dead. So. I want that to come back in those films. And right now it's just, it's so grand and big in the films that like, I think they're, I think they're missing the point. You know what I mean? So I think in in, in a television show, I, again, you can take that time. You can build it up, be suspenseful and maybe add a different story that we haven't seen. You know, it's been kind of this building now franchise um, where it's just been this, like this group, this, like these genetics group and like how they're going. Um, so yeah, uh, I would say something around that kind of realm, Jurassic Park. I like it. Um, I think I have one more left. I don't know you if I do could. too. One more left. Um, shit. <laughs> like looking at some books that I have too. Uh Hmm. I don't know. You know what? Actually, this is kind of a little outside of kind of the fiction stuff. Um, I have a book. Uh, my buddy Kyler lent this to me. It's called The Sound Effects Bible. Ooh. And um, I peep in it every now and then, and, and it's cool. It, it shows you how certain Foley and sound effects are made for film and nice. what objects and certain things you need to have and how to, how to perform and create the sound. So I would say kind of premise like a Mythbusters kind of show, like on Discovery Channel. Oh, that'd be maybe, cool. Maybe it could be something about that. Like maybe it could be a show where they create sounds and they show the audience like how the, maybe the, maybe they can outsource to other films and, and shows and, and show you like how they create the sounds that you're seeing on, on the screen. And uh, again, it, I always like shows that are like kind of like uh, inside look into right, right, how right. things are made or, Um, It just kind of, uh, you kind of break that wall of like, you know, kind of the illusion that you're seeing in the film and, and then the, and the magic there. And then when you go into it, it's, it's great because it's like, you're learning like how it's created and how it's put together and the thinking behind it. And it makes you almost appreciate the, the film and, and, or television show more. So, um, that would be really cool. I'm like, just think, like pick some of your favorite films and like. You know, every episode could be like them breaking down maybe a certain sound effect and like how many movies it's been in or, you know, how many oh, times they've so recreated sick. it. I think that'd be really cool for me like as an audiophile. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like such a, I feel like that's a, a sell on like Disney Channel or, so, or sorry, a, a Discovery Channel. Like, you know, it's such an, it could be very educational too as well and have it, have its uh, educational um, attributes. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my top five. That was really hard because I was thinking like, it, you would you would usually gravitate towards like um, fiction and, and certain characters that like you want to see like put on the screen, but also like stuff like maybe outside the box where it's like educational programs or like I don't know. There's lots of um, there's lots of uh, uh, kind of educational books that could be realized and probably brought. Um, more to the public public eye in a more accept not acceptable way but like you know it will be easier for them to learn and, and engage and, and visualize what see- what you're seeing right on so yes sir I like it I Joe like it, what are your D. what are your top fives man I'm, I'm curious um, so the, my first one I'm going to go with I'm a big fan of Charles Bukowski um, and his book of short stories is probably my favorite South of No North um, and it's just a bunch of short little vignettes. And when I was thinking about, you know, books that I'd like to see as a movie, this one would easily be like a, like a New York stories, uh, which was a movie that was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, Martin Scorsese and Woody Allen. They each told their own like 30, 40 minute story. Um, yeah. put them all together. It's an anthology film. You could have an anthology TV series because Bukowski wrote so many short stories and, you could turn his poems into fucking stories. Um, <laughs> and he had novels and everything. And he's a fascinating character. You could, and it, his writing was, it's very 
it was always truthful, but it could also get really surreal. So, you know, it, it could be something of a mind fuck like uh, Black Mirror, but like the gutter yeah. Black Mirror. You know what I mean? Oh man. Um, okay. So just the seedy, <laughs> drunkard Black Mirror version. Of that. <laughs> um, That's the tone we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so cool. that's what I would, I would see. Um, number four, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but, uh, I'd love to see a Batman TV series done in the style of Netflix's daredevil. Um, Ooh. and you could adapt storylines. You could do the long Halloween as, mm-hmm. and then follow it up with dark victory or, you know, like it'd be so cool. Um, and to, to go and like really do some of these smaller stories justice that, you know, if, if it were turned into a movie, it would lose a lot of the nuance and it would just kind of be more spectacle than character. And TV yeah. really gives you the chance to explore the character. And that's, you know, what we're really seeing in this golden age of television. Um, so, yeah. Number uh, three. Um, were you a big fan of these books growing up? I was. Uh, the Wayside School books. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wayside School. Holy shit. I could see Netflix wow. having some, like, you know kid programming you know wayside school i think that'd be dope wow i haven't thought about that book like in so long man i'm a big uh lewis sacker fan lewis (laughs) sacker he did holes as well yeah um but yeah that'd be cool dude be pretty tight like i feel like that kind of type of programming especially with like platforms like netflix like those would be perfect perfect for it yeah um but yeah, so Wayside School, number three. Uh, number two, a very, I think, timely kind of uh, thing. would why, why aren't we seeing an adaptation of 1984 right now? Yeah, that's true, huh? I would, you know, I, I would go back and forth between 1984 and, and Animal Farm, and I think Animal Farm has the greatest last sentence of any book I've ever read. I love that, that book very much, but... Um, 1984 is just so incredibly relevant for today. Not only the political stuff, but also just from a technology standpoint. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if the government's not watching us, we're watching each other. We are Big Brother, and I think that could be an interesting premise. You know, um, yeah. So that could be kind of cool. And then number one, uh, probably my favorite book ever. It's um, called Easy Riders, Raging Bulls, and it is about the sex, drugs, and rock and roll era of <laughs> 1970s Hollywood. And um, it's an amazing book. It's, you know, you, you look as at these larger-than-life people like Jack Nicholson and De Niro or uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Scorsese, as, as human beings or as characters in a story, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of really brings you down to their level. And I think either doing a show in the style of like HBO's The Deuce or even like um, like part dramatic reenactment and then part like, oh, hey, there's Francis Ford Coppola being interviewed talking about that experience. You know, like that could be really freaking cool. Yeah. So um, okay. I would love to see one of those types of things. I think they made a documentary of the book. Okay. Um, I haven't been able to track it down. But the book is dense, and there's no way one documentary could fit all of that in there. So I think a TV series is the way to go. The way to go, right? Yeah. Cool. That sounds cool, man. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. It's one of my favorite. (laughs) I've read it like four or five times. So great. I think I need to to get get some some new books. Yeah, man. (laughs) Um, So do I. Um, All right. Well, that's that's our top five Peekaboos. Peekaboos. Bugaboos. Moving right along. Uh, Each week we do a segment on the show. Um, Right now we're in the throes of our Beatles uh, weekly segment. We started with their first album, Please Please Me, and we've gone from there to uh, With the Beatles, Hard Day's Night, Beatles for Sale, Help, Rubber Soul, Revolver, Sgt. Pepper's, Magical Mystery Tour, The White Album. And this week we come to kind of a wah-wah. Um, <laughs> we are uh, going to be talking about Yellow Submarine, 
which is a soundtrack for the animated film that's about to be re-released for its 50th anniversary in July. And um, it's kind of more of their trippier stuff, but to preface it as well, it's, it's only, you only get six Beatles songs and the other side two is all George Martin orchestral, um, soundtrack music or score, I guess. Um, so Shawnee, what were your thoughts of the record and what are your top five tracks off of yellow submarine? Uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the record. It was, it was definitely different. And, um, that kind of split, side where it was the kind of the Beatles uh, kind of the essence of the Beatles and their kind of tripping trippy sounds and then George Martin's kind of like flowerly <laughs> flower lush, uh, lush uh, orchestral stuff it was it was cool to see that that uh, kind of uh, yin and the yang kind of like the the difference in, in tone and, and kind of change and it was cool like because I feel like George Martin as their producer, you know, he, I mean, he's the fifth Beatle. I mean, he did so much to create that Beatles sound and to really push the Beatles to, to record and try out new things. And, um, this, those like f- couple songs of just the orchestral alone are, are very amazing. And I think the, the tone, it almost gave me this weird, like John Williams, like star Wars yeah, vibe. Yeah. Cause of call. some of the cer- certain, the t- like certain, um, kind of feelings and, and kind of things of suspense and disarray. And, and then all of a sudden it, it changes around. So, um, it's very dynamic and ch- over changing. So I, I, I can't remember if we, if we said it was the five Beatles songs, I put some of George Martin's, um, oh, okay. right on. in my five list. Um, so as for the record, I've got number five, I have March of the, Meanies. I liked that one too. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. It's definitely, you know, it's definitely, uh, it's a march, you know, it definitely has that kind of like, kind of uh, building feeling. And, We're um, going somewhere, boys. Yeah. It's, it, it is strange. And I, I have to see the, I don't think I've seen the film all the way through, or I don't think I've even seen it out of all the Beatles films. So I, it's one I need to revisit. You should come down sure. in July. They're playing it at the Golden State Theater. Let's go Let's see do it. it. um yeah so that one's that one's kind of an interesting tune and the orchestra is definitely dynamic and changes um for number four i've got excuse me excuse me um i've got for number i think i feel like i switched a couple of these around um sea of holes which is another george martin right on uh, production again. It, I think that's the one that reminded me of uh, kind of the A New Hope themes, like kind of the. I could see that. Yeah. I don't know. There was something about it. It was. It, it was great. That was great about it because it, it it had that kind of mysterious feel to it, which I I uh, wasn't expecting something like that coming out of George Martin, just kind of based off the older kind of orchestral arrangements they've made. Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely a lot different than I um, anticipated. But also to the to the better, I, I feel like it was very uh, dense and and you know it, was, uh, it had so many different changing things and that's you know for orchestral music like that that's um, that's very you know obviously difficult to kind of create that mood and tone and like kind of move it along. Yeah. Um, so those uh, first four, five and four were his compositions, and then I've got. Uh, number three, Yellow Submarine. Right on. The track one. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's something about the track. It's it's uh, it's that kind of sing along kind of sound. You know, we all live in the house. Just got that type of hook. Um, the beginning is kind of interesting though. Like it it's uh, it's almost like sluggish. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably why it's not it's not on my number like one like it's not super high up there. But, um, you know, it's, it's a cool song and I guess it reminds me, Oh God, I think we're just talking a lot. <laughs> I'm like yawning over here. Um, I don't know. It's, it definitely encompasses the, the, the film in a way it's the title track. So, um, so that's my number three, number two, I've got hello bulldog, which right I think is the, mo- the kind of funner one out of all the, 
tracks they have on there. I'd agree with kind that. Kind of the trippier ones. Uh, very classic Beatles. And then for number my number one, I have All You Need Is Love, which I think was my number one on, <laughs> on the... Uh, Magical Mystery Magical Mystery? Yeah. Yeah. So... Very nice. Of course, just a solid song. So that that's that's my five. It, it was definitely, I think I need to experience the movie. Yeah. For sure to really to really um, get this top five down. Um, so I might have to take you up on that, Joe. And maybe we'll have to re- revisit this one. That'd be pretty sweet, man. Um, <laughs> we share number one. Who? Um, cool. So all, yeah, all you need is love. Is it's all you need is love. It's all you need, man. Um, so yeah, why wouldn't that be number one? Um, I tried to, to get into the orchestral stuff and I had a bit more of a difficult time with it. Um, I, I enjoyed it though. I did like it. Um, but I didn't include any of my, my top five. So I picked exclusively from side one. I left off yellow submarine. Um, I've never been a huge fan of that song. Um, but you're right. It is fucking catchy, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> all... I, uh, I, it was uh, early at work the other morning and, you know, not, not many people are there, but I'm going to like listen to this record, um, you know, and kind of get, I, I try to listen to it at least once a day to kind of get a feel for the songs we're going to be talking about and that kind of thing throughout the week. So I've got it up on Spotify and, um, press play and usually I have my computer like wait 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 low so hopefully I can barely hear it you know um and all of a sudden I just hear in the land where I was and I was fuck um so yeah that was no one said anything but I was just like what and to get caught with with any Beatles song and to get caught with Yellow Submarine and just like nerd alert um that's nerd alert Um, but You're yeah. the Beatles? They have a great song, Yellow Submarine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't go there. Um, but yeah, so number number five, I've got It's All Too Much. Oh, that's um, a good song, too. Yeah, it was, it's a long one, too. It's what, pushing yeah. seven minutes, and, and there's a lot of interesting things going on there. Um, obviously, this record isn't cohesive, you know? Like, it doesn't have a sound of its own. It's kind of bits and pieces of a lot of their psychedelic stuff, but also kind of their in-between shit. So yeah, it was an interesting listen. Um, <laughs> number four, all together now, all together now, all together. Now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's funny. Cause when I think of all together now, I think of the part in all you need is love. And he's like, all together now. All you need oh, is love. yeah. You know, I don't know. So that, that was, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Three George Harrison's only a northern song. Oh yes, which that was an interesting one. It too. is, yeah. Um, I wasn't Gaga over a lot of these, but same. You know, same. Still, I, I feel like again. I, I think the watching the film, I need to. I need to kind of get in that mindset where it's like, okay, like in context, like how do they use this song to best um, push the story? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then number two. Hey Bulldog. Um, I got a very kind of Green Day espionage vibe um, yeah. from this song. Oh my gosh. Very, I didn't even think about that. Just kind of spy, and I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Spy. Mysterious. But in terms of, I don't know, soundtrack albums, um, not counting Hard Day's Night, because I don't think of a Hard Day's Night as a soundtrack album, or help for that matter. Yeah. Um, I think I enjoyed Magical Mystery Tour better than Yellow Submarine. I'm going to have to agree with you. Yeah. It was definitely interesting to hear like George Martin's uh, orchestral pieces kind of weaved in there. Yeah. Um, but as far as uh, kind of creating some of the Beatles, taking some of the Beatles uh, songs and catalog and really trying to weave like a story with them, I think Magical, Mis- Magical Mysteries Tour had kind of, a, I think it, it put those songs, it, it, all the songs worked well together yeah. to really kind of, you know, give you the idea of it. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Next week, it's going to be a killer, man. We're going to be talking Abbey Road. Um, oh, shit. So, or, actually, well, we should we should do order of release, because Let It Be was recorded first, shelved, and then Abbey Road, and then Let It Be was put out. We'll do it order of release. We'll do Abbey Road. Okay. 
Abbey um, Road. Which, again, this is another... How are we going to break this down, dude? The, the medley at the end of it. Is that... Uh, do we count that as one song? There's like 12 songs in there, and they're all, they would all make my top five. Damn. Right? Damn, Joe. This is going to be hard, this man. This is going to be very, very fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be ready. We'll be ready. We'll be ready. All right. You know what? Let's, let's, let's go hardcore. All the songs are on the table. Ooh, okay. None of them can't do like two. Saying it right here, guys. <laughs> this is gonna be tough. It's gonna be very tough. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Um, very excited to talk Abbey Road, and I think we'll be able to come up with some more Beatles lists uh, once we get through the records because there's there's enough stuff to talk about there. So yes, I'm sir. excited. Um, yeah. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting much way, way, way ahead of ourselves. Um, Shawnee, do you have anything you'd like to share with our audience this week? Our dear, dear imaginary audience. Imaginary. Uh, went to go see Solo, and uh, I'm I'm happy Star Wars is is still in my life. I would say, <laughs> and I think I said this off air. I, without spoiling it, it was a safe safe uh, play on uh, Disney uh, Star Wars and uh, Ron Howard taking the helm as a director um, that that uh, still makes it um, I still enjoy it I, I still enjoyed it as a film so that's uh, if you guys have a chance this week check out Solo um, I think Joey might watch it sooner or later <laughs> so we might talk about it on the show and um Man, Hansel is one of my favorite characters um, in the Star Wars universe, and um, you know, I, uh, it was. I don't think the movie was necessary. I would say to because I always, you know, had this idea of Hansel in my head and how that would have gone down. But I see where they're trying to do with the kind of these like prequel films in a way, yeah. Like different, you know, kind of like they're filling in some of the holes and there are certain things in the movie that I enjoyed that it almost added new context to like when you watch the original trilogy or Kinda the other like films rogue one going in right into uh, yes. a new hope. Exactly that. I think now we know like, holy shit, like the flaw in the death star was on purpose. Okay. Or like, all right. Yeah. Say, those, say no more. Say, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. And I enjoyed it. Check it out guys. Uh, that is my share for this week. Very nice. Um, cool, man. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I told myself I'm going to do a double feature this weekend. I'm going to see Deadpool 2 and Solo, and I saw neither. Um, <laughs> instead, Busy guy? No, not really. Um, <laughs> I played Zelda a lot. Um, I should just get it over with and fight Ganon, but then the game is over. And Yeah, you don't want to do that. I don't want to do that just yet. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, um, but I did binge um, season two of Dear White People, and this saga because it started as a movie um, had a really strong first season on Netflix. Um, keeps getting better. This we we started it at I don't know um, late afternoon, and we stayed up till about eleven to finish it. Just watching all of it. Um, Wow. Fell asleep in the last like 10 minutes. So we had to do that as soon as we got home from work the next day. We're like, what happened? (laughs) Um, But really like enjoyable characters, strong, you know, messages and themes that, and and a conversation all of us should be having. Um, Yeah. So I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out Dear White People Volume 2. Yeah. Just all, I I was talking to a buddy, uh, Brendan of mine, uh, a buddy, I was talking to Buddy, a Brendan of mine. No, sorry. I was talking to Brendan, a buddy <laughs> of mine. Um, and he was saying how he liked you know, the movie uh, better because it had more dramatic chops where he felt the, the show kind of veered into comedy. And um, I feel like season two um, brings back a lot of the dramatic beats. And there's a scene where two people are arguing. And I think it's done in a one shot. And it, they're arguing for what felt like 10 minutes. And it's, I held my breath the entire time. I, I've never seen 
a fight between two people who love each other so much and are just so frustrated with each other. Yeah. So and really into it and passionate about oh, it. Oh man. And it was so yeah. realistically portrayed and it was beautiful. And I was just like, this is amazing. This is really good stuff. So check out uh, dear white people season two. And then for my local friends, if there's any local imaginary audiences, um, <laughs> the trip this weekend that inspired uh, my list this week was we went to a place in Marina called Friends Community Bookstore um, and got some really <laughs> cheap books. And I actually got the Beatles anthology hardcover, uh, which is just a giant coffee table book and, you know, like a thousand pages. And uh, oh, that's awesome, it's their, dude. you know, authorized biography. And I got it. It's that's probably a good eighty hundred dollar book. I got it for 15 bucks. Um, Damn, dude. You know, and Christine had a lot of probably seven or eight books that total to about $15 as well. So it was awesome. Um, if you like books, um, friends community bookstore in, in Marina, California. There you go. Yeah. It's what we doing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shawnee, I got one more question for you, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Hit me with it. I'm going to hit you with it. Quad. Uh, where can we find more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Um, <laughs> You can find me on Instagram at Shonday Music, and you can find me on my web- website, shondaymusic.net. .net. .net. <laughs> Joe, where can you find? Where can we find more of your work um, on the internet? You can find more of my work on the internet uh, at Joey Parati on Instagram, but it's private, and uh, joeypartyscripts.com. You can also follow the show. Please follow and, and comment and like and all that wonderful, wonderful stuff um, on Instagram, Twitter, and Gmail. Uh, that's Top Five Pod, T O P F I V E Five P O D. And you can also check out us, check us out on Facebook at Top Five Podcast. So we want to hear from you. We want to know that if you're not an imaginary audience, that you know maybe there is life on the other side of the rainbow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we will see. We'll see. <laughs> I had a good time despite the spider. Um, and, I, and I hope you too, you did too, Shawnee. Yes, sir. And I, and I hope you did, imaginary audience. Um, check us out on iTunes as well. Shit, we never say that. Check us out on fucking iTunes and, and rate us and shit. Please rate subscribe. <laughs> um, <laughs> until next time, I'm Joey Parati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks. Thanks for, for listening. listening.